Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. k track and I just jumped up the porch with dirty glove bastard, you know what I'm saying? Hey. I wanted deep pockets, instead I got a deep heart. I play hands, I was still I never switch cars. Alright, today we got a hundred K track jumping off the porch with us today. Yes, sir, you know what time it is. Big hundred K in this bit on this you know what I'm saying? Pre Melvin. For sure, man. How you feeling today? Feeling good, bro. For sure. You know, Bless, sure. highly favored, just getting it in every day. No Taking route. advantage of every opportunity that comes you know absolutely it's a pleasure to have you on the porch with us today for sure it's a pleasure to be here y'all y'all going crazy right now. <laughs> i appreciate the love gang i was just saying that I, was, I brought so much artists through here yeah. as an executive and now i'm here as an artist so it's yeah. like hey it's like some dope, some black mirror shit, right all right for sure for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's real so how would you describe growing up in south florida growing up in south florida is kind of like from my vision my lens you know it's it's very like it was carefree as far as growing up as a kid. You really just was outside having fun. You know what I'm saying? Your neighbors and everything was so like close by. You know what I'm saying? So you, as a jit, I'd be outside playing basketball, getting whippings for my people to go inside. You know, it was really nothing too much drama. Not going through like, not as a teen, you know, just like every other place, it just got surreal. You know, some people got caught in the system. Some people got caught you know what I'm saying, through the graveyard, and some people just never figured it out. And like everywhere else, you got your obstacles, but you got your beautiful moments. Now, as far as the physical place, we lit. Yeah. <laughs> Sunny, water, beaches, clubs everywhere, you know what I'm saying? You can, any clubs, strip clubs you want to go to, regular clubs, or just you want to just have, go to a hookah bar or just a lounge. So I feel like we, we really like the, the home place of where everybody want to be at. Cause yeah. It's the beaches, the lifestyle, and then, you know what I'm saying? So, especially the weather. That's real. Facts. Sunny days, even in the winter times. So when would you say you started engaging in like the music side of South Florida? Like, cause there's a lot mm -hmm. of talent there that you discovered yourself. So right. when would you say you started dabbling in the music scene in Florida for yourself? As far as okay, so it's kind of because you're like, an artist, but let's talk right. About you so you're saying as an artist or as an executive? Let's say an artist. As an artist, okay, cool. As an artist, at 16, like right going into my junior year in high school. Now, I played football from my sophomore year all the way till I graduated. I got cut my first year, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't get a chance to make it. But from there, like at 16 going to like 17, I, I started doing music, open mics, and started going to like showcases. And just really in tune, building a studio at the house and stuff like that. The, the basic uh, startup kit, you know what I'm saying? You get the one little mic, you get the headphones. And I had a group that I used to be with, like Shine Out Boys. So like it was me and a couple of my homeboys from like high school and we just rocked out. So really at 16, 
I would say I started heavily like being in love with just making music, being yeah. around music and stuff like that. So when would you say you decided to put that dream on hold and switch the exact road? I never really decided to put it on hold. It just kind of like, as I got older, cause you know, just doing music from 16 to uh, then 18, I call it 18 professionally cause I started getting paid out of high school. I actually got a hit song that made me go a little bit viral in the city. So it just kind of transformed from doing music in my city, kind of getting buzz, getting a buzz, then transitioning that money into like different things, clothing lines, you know what I'm saying, studios. Cause just like anything, it tests the time, you know, you have your ups and you have your downs. So by the time I got to like, I'm 30 now, I was 18 when I made a song that went kind of crazy. By the time I got to like 22, 23, money slowed down from the shows. You really wasn't as relevant as you was. You know, I'm doing parties, doing the basic ends. So I had the opportunity to actually link up with Kodak Black and do the, um, Stop it, getting apparel that we got to get that he, you know what I'm saying, and I kind of decided to just partner up on, on a venture and it happened to be clothing because I already had the print shop from making money off music and investing in it and stuff like that and just, you know, doing stuff in the streets. So when we got together and I started doing the clothing line with him, it kind of introduced me to his world, just being around a lot. So I got introduced to Jack Boy, I got introduced to John Wicks, and we all just kind of got like, we kicked it and we, it was cool. So from my experience of just traveling through Florida, I was like, you know what, let me just focus on pushing Jack Boy. Because remember, I'm already, at that point, not as lit as I used to be. Damn near yeah. probably just ba basically hanging on on just whatever I'm doing, you feel me? Yeah. On music-wise. Yeah. So I'm in, a, right, yeah. I'm in a situation where I'm seeing a Jack Boy that's just coming home. Kodak is at the level where he dropped Skirt. Drake doing, you know, dancing to his song. You could tell he about to be a, a mega star. Yeah. And when you got an opportunity around you like that with other pieces that makes more sense on that and on that type of limelight, that type of stature, I just decided it made better sense for me to um, focus on pushing Sniper Gang as a brand. Because even though it wasn't my brand, I'm like, if I jumped in this and I go head first and, sh and I'm not doing no snaky fake moves, I'm really being genuine and being a real dude and making things shape, I feel like Kodak and whatever opportunity Jack Boy Wicks get, I'm gonna make money off and I'm be able to change my life rather than just trying to be an artist and try to, hey, yo, I'm in Sniper Gang, let me rap now. Yeah. It probably look crazy, like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You ain't from um, 1800 Blah, you ain't from Woo Woo. So like, I ain't really wanna get in that type of mode. But so that incident kind of just led me to doing that then leaving Sniper Gang, you know, through, through, through legal situations with everybody else, catching charges and things. And I ended up going to Orlando and finding Melly. And once I signed Melly, I became like me and my wife, it, it made a hundred K. And from there it was just a, Never had a chance from 24. I've been doing 100k from 22 to 23. It's not beginning from 24 to like now at 29, 30. Before I started dropping music again, I just never had a chance to look back. When why would I? Like, yeah. I'm I got Vaughn, I got Melly, I got Hot, I got an infrastructure that's bringing millions of dollars. I'm giving people in my community opportunities to work on the music business. You feel me? So it just looked like a real, real like right now I could chill on the music. Let me focus on the bigger picture. And when I got shot, you know what I'm saying, that day Yvonne died in Atlanta, unfortunately, it just kind of made me like, bro, life is too short. Let me not forget on my, you know what I'm saying, what I used to love to do too, because I did drop seven tapes on that piff. You know what I'm saying? Like a yeah. couple music on YouTube. So I already had that passion to drop music consistently. So after getting shot on some like looking back, like I was like, you know what, bro, let me give myself another opportunity. I'm already good at financially. I already got a winning um, brand. Let me, you know what I'm saying, utilize it for myself and still 
show people that, you know what I'm saying, I could be a jack of all trades. So. That's real. Yeah. How would you say you respond to the negativity that happened with the King Von situation where a lot of people are saying you could have saved, you could have intervened in the situation? Right. How do you feel about all the negativity that comes with the Man, situation? One thing about this, like this life we live, we can't control nobody else's thoughts but ours and nobody else's actions or what they say is under our control, you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, certain things that I can understand from someone who's not in that position, someone who may be looking at it from a different lens because they came from a different type of lifestyle or maybe they just been through different situations and I could respect it, but of course it's going sometimes it's going to get to me when you hear, oh, you could have did this or you, you did that to gain financial like equity and, and more profits or this or that or you had other motives, and it's like, yo, I really lost uh, someone I considered a brother, an uh, artist that I was invested in 100% trying to make the biggest thing in the world, and he invested in me so you know we could build as a brand as well. So it's unfortunate that other people can't see that a situation like that can happen unexpectedly, spontaneously, and real life is affected. So sometimes they kind of make it look like it's a movie, like, oh, this theme, this type of narrative, but in reality, I lost someone that I love, and I'm, you know what I'm saying, I had to grieve. And doing it while at work and still taking care of a multi multitude of people, so. It, it's cool, you know, I just gotta deal with it every day. Some days my good day, some days my great days. My team and my family and my wife, and you know what I'm saying, everybody that supports me, keep me on the right path when I do slips and stuff. For sure. So ultimately, when people come to the porch, you know what I'm saying, we genuinely ask, when would you say you jumped off the porch? But right. you are equity of all trades, a jack of all trades. So right. I think you got to answer that question like three different times. <laughs> right. like when would you say you jumped off the porch in South Florida? When would yeah. you say you jumped off the porch as an artist? And when right. would you say you jumped off the porch as an event? Uh, uh, I ain't going to lie. See, I, I watch this, this show and, you know, and I be kind of like seeing... When you say off the porch, if we're referring to like, you know what I'm saying, being in the streets, catching charges, or doing things that could criminally just... If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac, or drop a crispy fry between the car seats, or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Get me, you know what I'm saying, incarcerated and things like that. I never really had that mind frame, but when you're saying like, as a young man, what age did I realize, yo, I gotta get it on my own and I gotta survive and I gotta do that since I was like 11 years old, you feel me? Like I'm from a Haitian immigrants come to in America from Haiti. So I'm really from the slums for real, 05. You know how that is, messed up sneakers. You got dirty clothes, you ain't really the coolest. So I jumped off the porch at 10, 11 years old. I was selling candy, <laughs> taking candy for the stores, you know what yeah. I'm saying, doing what I gotta do doing jugs, doing whatever I got to do at school, you feel me? But as far as jumping off the porch on that mentality-wise, early, feel me? And um, on executive-wise, I feel like once Melly dropped the IMU project, his like first major project with the Murder My Mind, I feel like it really, like it jumped off, like I jumped off like the porch on the music side where it got real. You had real artists, real people coming at you, real money, you know, at, throughout the whole time locally, like, it was cool, even as an artist, it was just like, you know, it was, it was good, little money and stuff like that, but when Melly dropped IMU and Murder My Mind took off, I jumped off the porch all the way around the board. Headache, stress and all, everything jumped off the porch. That's real. And um, as an artist, 
And really at 18, because from 16, doing the open mics and things like that, it was kind of cool. It was just like a, you know, just like anybody else is trying to make something shake. But once I got at, um, out of high school and I dropped a song called Ride That, which was like a twerking song, like going viral on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? I really jumped off the porch. I was making two, three thousand, four, five thousand a show. People was booking me out throughout parts of Florida. I don't want the Tampa, Tallahassee, like the whole region. And even throwing my own parties, just inviting like people off my face and just the people in the city coming by. I was making eight thousand, ten thousand. So I think at like eighteen, I jumped off the porch as an artist. So. Three, three different porches, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's cold, though. That's real. So how would you say you go about discovering talent? It's, it's a little tricky now because it's so much talent. Yeah. And it's so much artists. It's so many creators, everything. So it's a little um, harder. But in the past, you kind of would keep your ears to the streets. And, uh, you know, you could from high schools to colleges to just even like neighborhoods where you got like local clubs or regional bars. You usually hear an underground artist, like somebody that's not major that have no deal that the city messing with. So by me, like being able to just travel as an artist, you know, with no success that I had, I was able to tap in in different markets and hear the upcoming artists and who's going on. That's, that's how I even got a chance to run through Melly, my brother, uh, Rose ran through you know hot boy and different situations like that but now really the system is kind of like harder but easier because you got data you got spotify you got youtube you got different outlets where data gets sent to us as labels where it shows you certain artists that's not signed you know that's not on a, a major label roster that's getting popped which is ironically i showed up as an artist on, on a data that's showing independent artists that's not signed, you know what I'm saying, that's doing traction. So now it's kind of easier to focus on it. And then I got a staff of like 15 to 17 people in Florida that works in the 100K building where, you know what I'm saying, I got multiple NRs and multiple day-to-day -day, um, people that go and look for artists, data, research, and we kind of just keep our ears regionally. And then I got like digital like distribution that I partnered up with, like Create Music Group that I distribute all my music with that's out of LA and they'll find artists through their system and throw them to me. Or if a label that I got, like I got multiple artists with major labels, Atlantic, Republic, Interscope, you know what I'm saying, uh, 300, they'll kind of like, hey, track, there's a couple artists we're working with, either sending through management or partner up on the production side. So it's, it's a lot easier, but harder, because there's so many people that do music, you know? Yeah, that's real. Right. But besides music, you also tap into the videographer world. Facts. So my Drew boy filmed Drew, it. You know right. what I'm saying? Facts. And y'all did the um, yeah. Drew filmed it um, interview. Now, Drew is like the president of the company as well as a director. So I managed Drew early with, with, with AA, where we started, like, when we found uh, Melly, we also signed Drew and uh, Smoke Exclusive, the one that did Murder My Mind. You know, some Mama Cry. He's a, a six time platinum record selling producer now. So we kind of did everybody on like a package deal, just basically like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we believe in all these three individuals. But on the directing side, I'm really involved with it because I really pay attention to what Drew do. And I really pay attention to how big footage and, you know what I'm saying, just getting like things put the right way and brought it to the world. Because think about it, if it wasn't for Drew capturing melee qualities and special video moments, we probably, would, uh, another director may not have 
able to show you the YNW, yeah. the Melly, the right way, you feel me? So I'm very hands-on on the production, and I salute any directors that's capturing anything, and you know what I'm saying, and putting art out there, so. That's real. I'm tuned in. So with Melly preparing for trial, what's going through your head as we see, you know what I'm saying? We got him in high prayers and everything. Appreciate that. What is going through your head? Hopefully we get to see him come home. How do you feel about the situation? Like, it's always been the same with me and Melly, and uh, you know what I'm saying, some of the core people that just know the situation. We always felt very good about him coming home. You know what I'm saying? It was never a doubt in our head of, in the moment that we thought that it's possible that he's, he's going to lose his life. And especially now that the death penalty is not off the table, where they're going with it, where if he don't lose, if he don't win this case, they're going to kill him. You know what I'm saying? So it's more intensified. And of course, the defense team is definitely on their P's and Q's. You know, my day-to-day -day job is to make sure Melly's comfortable. So if that's picking up a phone call every day, twice a day, situating his day-to-day -day business, making sure, um, you know what I'm saying, his personal life with his family or his relationship or whatever he got going on and his livelihood is getting situated. But mentally just being there as a big brother, talking to him, you know what I'm saying, always thinking about the bigger plays and the visions because we put it in the air and we put it in our spirit and we, you know what I'm saying, we very tuned in to God. Like, you know, he's someone that's very, like, praise a lot, read the scriptures. I'm the same with me, you know what I'm saying, and my wife, like, and my whole team. So. We know God is this is not how he's going to end the story for him and for myself you know, and for the loved ones and the millions and billions of people that he touched. And I know, like, my little brother didn't do no heinous crime like that, took his two friends. But I know the system we live in and the type of world we live in, our skin complexion, we're going to get identified at the gate. You see how it is, music, you know what I'm saying, hip-hop, whatever it is you want to call it, we, we get targeted a lot, a lot more now. but. It's definitely it's been a problem since, you know what I'm saying, throwback. So, you know, we don't feel like it's nothing major that my brother ain't gonna walk out that, and he gonna walk out that, you know, them cages in that cell, and he gonna be the biggest artist of that year and years to come. And that's the future that holds for him, so. We, we ain't tripping. Free Melly for sure, man. For sure, and we are gonna stop saying that soon, because guess what? Melly free. He's gonna be free, that's 2022. Real. We ain't saying that after 2022. We're gonna be saying, damn, Melly boy, another platinum plat. Yeah. Oh, you just went diamond? That's real. That's how we come in 2023. Why do you feel the artists coming out of Florida mm -hmm. get so much hate from the police system, like in their cities? And you know what I mean? Like, right. it seems like a lot of Florida artists that we see get hated on by the police in their city. Like, they get heckled. We, like, literally see, like, a lot of people that's coming out, like. Right. Kodak every year, you know what I'm saying? Like, they want to yeah. fuck with, yeah, they want to fuck with Melly, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, why do you feel that is? They want to fuck with Jack Boy, like. I feel, I feel like, cause, okay, so you got the talent that's come from different regions and different places, where you have, like, dancing music, or you have swagger music, or hustling music. And I think um, Florida, a lot of the artists that get a chance to pipe, to pipe up and and you really get crazy, really come from that lifestyle in the streets. So they already have a history and run in with a lot of the officials and a lot of the officers and the, you know what I'm saying, prosecutors. So I think by the time they on their third, fourth, fifth arrest or other charges that they done beat or didn't beat or whatever that happened, you, you turn around, you see them being a star. I think that shadow and that past still make those officials and those, you know, people at those type of, like authorities and shit, just 
want to get you more because they're like, no, he didn't change. He was like that four, five years ago, three years ago with no money. I know he's doing worse things now. And look what he rapping about. Look what they doing. Nah, we're going to just put pressure on them because we know they're going to they're gonna fold. They're going to end up crashing. So I think that's the narrative that they put on, the stigma they put on us from Florida as artists. And even me as an executive, who was an artist in terms of executive, I go through that same pressure yeah. with just my artists and things. They, I'm automatically getting looked at it like you part of it or you an accomplice or you, you doing something that you ain't supposed to do. Especially when we come from where we come from, you know, we always gonna be like, look at different from our own people, not even. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just from the other races, just that's how we is. You know? Yeah. So I feel that. But they just gotta shake that. It's up to you to shake it. Mentally, you can't rap and be in the streets at the same time. Like mentally and physically, you can't. Cause once you get into that lifestyle and you get into that music and you putting things out there and you starting being a little bit more, you know what I'm saying, knowing the money coming in, I think you gotta completely do a 360 because it's never a win-win. You can't run the streets and be an artist yeah. or an entrepreneur into this field, media, because it's too, it's too much. It's too much social media, it's too much things going on. It's a lose-lose. That's real. Being that you were so close to the Sniper Gang camp, how does it make you feel to see how things turned out between Kodak and Jack Boys? Like, Nobody, I don't think, is gonna like that. Like, and when I say nobody, I'm saying people who really like value friendship and loyalty. And like, I think we all, in, as humans, want to see like maybe not everybody. Some people really messed up, but some humans want to see like the good nature of a homeboy from the past, or uh, you know, what I'm saying a come up story like that. So it kind of like made that. American dream, like a Jack Boy and Kodak could make it together, become superstars, and actually ride out. And it, you know what I'm saying? It ends in a happy story. And it's just sad because I, wanna, I want that, that imagery of like, yo, day ones and yo, your main right hand, like being successful together. And I root for that type of stuff. So of course, you know what I'm saying? I feel like we took an L as a city. We took an L as a community. You know what I'm saying? As, as real stand-up guys and real stand-up, like, you know what I'm saying, individuals, because I feel like everybody in that scenario is real and stand-up to their own particular way. So I think it just made us look like, dang, if they could get into it, anybody could get into it. And you know what I'm saying? I, hopefully they, I, they could resolve it peacefully and it could be a situation that, you know what I'm saying, bygones be bygones, even if they don't have that relationship they had previously, but they could work because they're in the same workspace. It's, the, it's a small unit, you know what I'm saying? It's still a home team, so I feel like if they could work and you know do everything without the violence and without the negativity, it'd be great. And I don't know what happened and made that type of bond tear, but I, I don't have no say to say who's wrong or who's right. But I know I could vouch that Kodak is a stand-up guy. Kodak is, you know what I'm saying, he a real dude that put people in, in a position. And I done been blessed to work with Jack Boy on a real intimate business side as well. Yeah. And I know he done stood and had values where he stood on real terms too. So hopefully they can work it out and it don't escalate because we need more positive winners and, you know what I'm saying, successful, you know what I'm saying, Florida, Bride County, yeah. artists and executives. I don't want to see nobody else in no graveyard or in a incarcerated. So. That's real. 
Is it true that you were responsible for getting Jack Boy signed the Sniper Game? No, I didn't get Jack Boy signed the Sniper Game, right? Because they always had that like vibe and that bond. But I was I was the one that actually drove him to the um, Kodak House that day when he signed. You know what I'm saying? Which was crazy because, like, technically he jumped. On the business wise, though, it wasn't no contractual sniper game. You know, it was just more like you my dog, I'm your dog, like rock. But when it actually became like contractual, like I was blessed because I was moving with Jack and he didn't have a car at that time, so we were using my car. You know what I'm saying? So I was blessed to pick him up. I was happy as hell, like, yo, we got yeah. the contract. I'm like, yo, I'm about to come grab you, woo Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? It was dope to be able to grab him and go to Kodak House and see, like, him sign it. Bro, that picture on Instagram is on my Instagram. You see, like, I'm taking a picture of him. It was more of a proud moment, like, to see, like, your dog could give your other dog an opportunity. And you know what I'm saying? It was dope. Like, I was able to live in that moment and to see where he at now. So that, you know what I'm saying? I've been in a lot of uh, beautiful, like, legendary moments very early. So it just motivated me to just do more legendary things and be part of more legendary situations. That's real. Speaking of legendary situations, right. you was a part of the Donna uh, writing camp, right? Right, right. That's right, crazy. Right. I mean, it was a couple people. It was a couple people part of that, too. And at that time, you know what, though? I don't even think it was Donda, because it could have been um, the Jesus album, because it was like 2019. Uh, Ye was still, you know what I'm saying? He was still on the spiritual vibe. But I was blessed to be in the room with ASAP Ferg and a whole bunch of like producers and engineers. He got a warehouse in like in L.A. I think he, I don't know if he moved it in Calabasas, and it got like the whole clothing line and upstairs is the studio. So, you know, he called me one day because from just working with him through Melly and just having a relationship that we had during that time. Flew into L.A., took care of the flights, everything, and I was blessed to lay the pen down and put some of my thoughts and stuff. Nothing made it yet though, yeah. <laughs> but hey, if one day ever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I get that email on that publishing, uh, just know, uh, you know what I'm saying, another trophy. Yeah. And you know, this is, it's a blessing that I was able to just even be part of that. That's real. Like, shout out to Kanye, dope. For sure, shout out Ye. Right. How would you describe working with him on a mixed personality set with Cole Benny? That was an experience, I ain't gonna lie. That was an experience, cause like, when he walked in there, Everybody was just like, oh shit, Kanye just walked in. And for some reason, no, that man face, bro, he got that face where it's like, bro, I don't know, bro, mad or he happy. But you know, I'm, I'm like that 24-7, so I, he walked in, I'm like, yo, what you on? Like, you know what I'm saying? Just chilling and stuff, like hugging him and woo woo So it kind of made everybody like loosen up. And then from there, we just had a great time. He was very into it. There was a couple of scenes he didn't want to do for the for the shoot, you know, with his vision, but he dedicated, committed to the other scenes, and it came out what, four, three, four time platinum, a hundred million plus on YouTube. It was one of the highest songs right now on Ye Apple Music. So it was another legendary moment that I was, you know, what I'm saying, very blessed to be part of. That's real. So right. let's walk it down, right? Mm -hmm. When did you decide to turn that light switch back on as an artist? All right, so tap into that Mercury, by the way. Right, so man, you know what I'm saying? Y'all go stream Mercury, it's out right now, you know what I'm saying? Slums, the single with Melly, Tears of Joy, with Rico Cartel and Hot Boy, you feel me? Boom, so I tapped in with Mercury, right? Right, because I, I was always in the studio and I was always like there with my artists, always just in general with just people, just enjoying the music and stuff. But after like the whole situation, I got shot, 
and Von died and the public kind of just seen my face for the first time and my energy or whatever it was and kind of rubbed certain people the wrong way. It was just a lot of things going on and just people and just a lot of like, you know what I'm saying, sad and a lot of depressed times. So my like mode and Mercury was really like, yo, damn, I'm finally living my dream as far as like being in the music game as an executive or just in general being around all the big artists that y'all consider legends is my brothers, is my homeboys, people that really care for me and I care for them. So I'm the money is there, you know what I'm saying? I'm able to buy what I want to buy. Financially, I'm taking care of people. I'm, I'm in a great position. But mentally, I'm like, I'm messed up, bro. Like, I'm dealing with getting shot for the first time ever. I'm dealing with losing a homeboy. Cause I don't have casualties before, you know what I'm saying? From family members and stuff, but that's early as a kid. So when you at your 29, 28s and you dealing with, and I'm not, that's why I rock with Chicago so hard. Cause they done in O Block, cause they done lost so many people, they done lost so many homeboys and families. This is my first time dealing with that type of trauma, and I'm dealing in the public light, financially dealing with it, with my business and all type of new legal things coming out the way. So I was in a very like dark time, and I was just just trying to think of ways to just release myself and just get outside the world. And I, I just got back into the studio, and then once I started writing again and recording my voice, cause at first I didn't like my voice and. A and the rest of my team and my brother would be like, nah, you sound good, you sound good. So I'm building my confidence. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm starting to get in my groove. Then I locked in for like two, three months at my studios and I just recorded a whole bunch of songs, wrote the different ideas, brought a couple artists that, because every song on Mercury I wrote, other than the song with um, Moo, Op, and Wiz, I just put that together. And um, Track Still, you know what I'm saying? They blessed me with that song. I just had to put it on the project. And um, all the other records I wrote, even if you hear my, the artists on there, other than a verse, like Tussie, who's a feature, any in-house artist that I work with, you know what I'm saying, I wrote everything, the melodies, they just came and performed it for me and did it out of love and just want to see my vision. Because I ain't want like, put the whole, everything, like, you got to hear me, like, all the way people get used to it again, you feel me? I know they don't see me as an artist, so I wanted to show my creativity, so... Once I got locked in and started writing and really putting the music together, putting the artists I feel sound good on what, then I put some of my own music, you know what I'm saying? Put some of my own vocals on it. I got, I, I felt comfortable. And I was like, you know what? It's time, it's like, cause I dropped a couple singles and stuff and stuff. And I'm like, it's time to really put this project out and show the world, like I could be creative, you know what I'm saying? Like they told Kanye West, he's only a producer. Like, you can't tell me I'm just a manager. Cause one, I've been doing music. I'm seven tapes in that pit for real, for real. But it's not even about that. You can't limit a man's creativity on how he feel himself. Because, like you said... When something happens to your kitchen, you might say... This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. At, like, you got designers, you got hustlers, you got, I'm all in one, you feel me? So I just had to show the world that I could, I could really jack of all trades. So. Would you say creating this album helped your grieving process while losing one? hundred percent. Like, listen yeah. to some of the songs. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna put you on the spot, but after this, I don't know if you listen to the tape for real, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, if you listen to some of the song like Time with 30 Deep, I'm explaining like, damn, why, like, I'm waiting to, why the world 
was waiting until I'm a millionaire for me to start having beef or drama, you feel me? Or if you hear songs like Mercury with Slats Eye, you hearing the hooks like in my heart, you know what I'm saying? It's cold, there's nowhere to go. Like I'm basically venting like, and you got songs like Tis of Joy with Hot Boy and Rico that's like expressing my gratitude to God for allowing me to be in this lifestyle. Cause at one point it was so bad, it's like, I'm, quite, I'm checking myself like, yo, but look what God did for you. Look where you came from. Look at your family. Look at your life. Look at your jewelry. Man, you tripping like, man, thank that man like for doing that. I get you going through that. And I'm battling myself like I'm happy. I'm not happy. I'm motivated to work. I'm not motivated to work. One day I could be on Instagram. Next day I can't be on Instagram. I, it's bad because I'm really dealing with trauma. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go through therapy. I didn't do that. I'm getting into it with family members and you know what I'm saying? My loved ones and my spouse, like my wife is like, so when I really got into that pen and it's just kind of like, I was able to put majority of my feelings into, to, into those songs. And that's why Mercury, you kind of see is kind of like, not all the way pain, but you can hear success in it too, but you're going like, to be like, damn, this is relatable because everybody been through a Mercury time. You feel me? That's real. So what else are you working on, honey? K track, man. You right. got a lot of shit going on. You got your fingers in everything. Yeah, I do. I do. You know, I'm trying to get Drew going with this podcast thing, Drew Mania. You know what I'm saying? I done been a, a guest on it, like you say, a main host on it for the first season. We wrapped up 13 episodes, and now we're on the second episode, um, second season. I just dropped the first episode with Kid G on there. You feel me? So working on that, I got a, a lot of like showcases coming up with artists too. I'm just hitting up different cities. Like this, I got a showcase coming up with academics and um, my boy Melo from Orlando giving away $10,000, a Drew video and full five hour studio with me, you feel me? So I'm trying to get back into like being more active cause I'm just so used to moving around and I don't want to move around with just an artist no more cause I'm not limited to just being a management. Like I'm a record label, feel me? I'm a management record label, I'm a hustler. So. I'm just getting into showcases, giving artists opportunity to come meet the staff, bring other incentives that may benefit them in the run, even if it's money or if it's opportunities. And I'm doing the Drew Mania, you feel me? And then Melly come home in a couple months. I'm gone, y'all. Just yeah. on private jets doing million dollar shows. Yeah. But right now, I'm working. You know what I'm saying I'm trying to get sow the seed. So when my little brother do come home, everything connect and it's a powerhouse. Cause I'm trying to be a household brand. Like I ain't just trying to be a manager, a rapper, executive. I'm trying to do everything. You feel me? So that's real. How would you say you discovered Hot Boy? One of the hottest. My favorite coming out of Florida right You're now. You right? Your yeah, favorite? One of my favorites. For, for sure. Real. You ain't just saying that because I'm. Oh, like, well, that's my boy. I fuck with that name. All right, all right. So like with Hot, it was really like all the like big up to my brother. Like you know what I'm saying, Mike Rose. Um, feel me? He's one of the executives. On the 100K, rock on the 100K staff, and it's somebody that me and my wife A like been rocking with on the music business, personal forever. Mm -hmm. So he really found him like doing you know regular data search, whichever way they brought talent, and he brought it to my attention. And um, I, I looked at his profile, I looked at his YouTube, and at that time he wasn't super huge, and I was like, damn, I ain't gonna lie, yeah, bro, raw. Like I like how he he had a song called In a Cell. He had a couple records prior, and I've been hearing Switcheroo because Melly know about it, you know, and his regional success in Orlando was pretty good, like pretty nice for me to like 
surprisingly, you wasn't gone yet. Because at that small and not too big, you know, some people do deals, but he stayed down. I guess from just being locked up and just coming out, he wanted the right situation. So Mike brought him through. He, you know, he had his own team, EGE, feel me? And they came through, all of them, boom. We met, we talked, we looked at each other, you know what I'm saying, the eyes, and, you know what I'm saying, we, hey, let's lock in. We locked in. I also signed Rico Cartel at that time, at the same time, too, you feel me? You know, and we just locked in and just went crazy. And big ups to Mike, because I didn't personally went and found the next superstar out of Florida, but my partner did, you know what I'm saying, my brother did, and we, we won. So, you know, he, he brought that, he brought that, that win to the, to the team. No, nah, for sure. Hot nah. is a superstar. This nah, world. for real. Talented. Crazy. Crazy toxic. <laughs> but dope. <laughs> for sure. But. So how would you say O-Block became a honey K? O-Block became a honey K genuinely um, off just the relationship we had for each other. Only Vaughn was like under my management, honey K, right? And that situation was just a genuine thing that happened. Like, he was already in a situation with his own, with OTF, on the management side. You know what I'm saying? Me, Dirk, and him had a conversation. We all decided that, you know what I'm saying? We all good family. You know, they rocked it with me from Melly. The brand I had was growing and being established. So we, I decided, me and Vaughn decided to work with each other, right? So with O-Block becoming um, Honey K, after the horrible incident and that nightmare when, you know, Vaughn passed away, you got his day ones, his homeboys. Some was already doing music, some I was already active with. And we was already in, in conversations about getting distribution deals and things like that. I was able to, before he died, find little places where I could get 10, 20,000, 5,000. Just to, our bond phase being him popping, like, you know, people gonna break bread for his dogs to rap and do good. So when that situation happened and they died, it's just a, that brotherhood and that love that we just shared from that moment and just, what we went through that year, you know what I'm saying, just the experience we had together, I just decided that, you know what, bro, if y'all want to do this, I'm going to get behind y'all financially, mentally, physically, spiritually, like, you know, we locked in for sure. And that just genuinely came and you know what I'm saying, DQ, Boss Top, you know what I'm saying, all the boys came through, Moo Op, you feel me, they came through and, you know, we just locked in. And the whole O, like, anybody from the O, even if you're not under my management, you know what I'm saying, you got a couple artists on there that's doing their thing by themselves, I don't manage the whole O block. I, you know what I'm saying? I rock with majority of people from O-Block, and I, I even deal with people that's not artists. That's just regular people that, that I'm very tight with, feel me? And, um, but on the artist-wise, you know what I'm saying? DQ, Muat, Boss Talk, we just locked in for real, for real. And we just trying to keep it going, keep the legacy going. So Get Back Gang and 100K, OTF, you know what I'm saying? All that, it's just one whole family, for real, for real. For sure. How did it make you feel once the RICO charge had came about and got announced to the world? For um, O-Block. Okay, because you know, hot, got the state Rico. Um, it was unpredictable and it was kind of like, damn, what the heck? Like, can't catch a break. Yeah, it was and, fucked up. You feel me? And not even as a business, of course, I'm looking at it like, damn, Muwap was teeing up. Like, Going crazy. Because really, only on the artist wise, only Muwap got picked up that I personally deal with on the music side. But on the personal side, you got. Charles, you know what I'm saying, C Murder, you got Los, you know what I'm saying, you got C Thing, like all them boys, like I'm I rock with them boys for real a long way. So seeing that comes like, damn, like I don't wanna see my dogs, people you really got love for in a situation like that. So, 
you know, I'm here like every day making sure the people that I was tight with, even artists or not, I'm still locked in, whatever I got to do to make sure you good, you feel me, until we weather the storm. But it was just a horrible feeling, bro. I just felt like we need to escape the cycle as a culture and as a brand. Like, we need to start from now so we don't have the next generation dead or locked up. Because, bro, we, everybody rapping just to die with money and living for the next person or the family or the, whoever is the inheritance and or go to jail and enjoy commissary good for the rest of eight, seven, ten years. Like, maybe it's the old young head in me. Feel me? I just don't want to see that happen, bro. Like, I want to be like throwback when you had Ludacris and all them boys, Two Chains, and you had Wayne and all them boys at their peak, doing what they do, dropping these hits, bro. We was looking at them like role models, like yo, they getting money, they taking care of their family. It's they here, they here now, doing this. You feel me? That's what I want for our generation, cause this is my generation. This is the wave I'm at. Executive artist, whichever way you want to call it, and uh, it, it sucks. Old block. Anybody, not old block, whatever. I just don't want to see us young men and young women like in, in, from our culture and just this brand going that route, bro, because it sucks, you feel me? That's straight up. Any last words and shout outs? Man, shout out to you, you know what I'm saying, off the porch. Appreciate you for having me. Shout out to everybody that support any of my artists, any uh, anything that I got going on, you know what I'm saying? It means a lot just coming from where I come from, just to see the level of respect that I'm getting from the peers and the supporters and, you know? Mercury's out. Appreciate everybody, all the artists that jumped on Mercury, you know what I'm saying? Appreciate my team. Shout out to AA, you know what I'm saying? For, you know what I'm saying, holding me down through this whole process. Shout out to Walt. Shout out to the whole 100K staff. And shout out to the supporters and the fans that's streaming, you feel me? Because I'm on Spotify. Yeah. I'm doing all type of stuff as an artist that I wouldn't probably be doing if I didn't get this executive quote as a you know what I'm saying? Status that I got now. So I appreciate everybody for rocking with me and I'm rocking with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Stay safe, upcoming artists. Keep hitting up on the DM. You know what I'm saying? We're looking for talent. And let's change, you know what I'm saying? The narrative of hip hop and rap and as a whole, as a unit, let's just do better. Just trying to get to this money and, you know what I'm saying? And stay happy forever. Long live on. Free Melvin. God, no. Okay. In deep pockets, instead I got a deep heart I play the hands, I was dealt, I never switch cars I get emotional every time I think Who needs an alarm in the morning When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles And a breakfast cutoff Ba-da-ba-ba-ba